Welcome everybody to the MGA MediaCast. This is episode 38, and this is a very special episode as it is the relaunch of the MediaCast. My name is Willie Dills. I'm joined, of course, by El Presidente, John Lucky Kick Morley. What's going on, buddy? What's up, Willie? So we have uh, a lot to talk about because this is an exciting part of the year in the MGA. We just opened up registration for the MGA World Championship 2022. So let's talk about that. Let's do it, man. Yeah, it's been open for four days now. Okay. And we are at 297 players, which is a (laughs) little bit ahead of last year's pace. And the dates are the 11th and 12th. Is that still correct? Yep. All right. 11th and 12th in Vegas. All MGA members are welcome. Um, obviously, we had to we had to change it and add the Born Harry so we could fit everyone a couple years ago. But there's going to be room for any MGA member who wants to golf. If you go to MGAWC.com and click the register button, uh, you can you can see all the details. So this year we are offering a deposit option. So a deposit or pay in full. And those are refundable until the 30th of September. And we need your full payment by October 1st to block in your place in 2022 in Vegas. Uh, and you said MGAWC.com. That is where everyone wants to go for all information, correct? That's it. All right. Spot. Hell yeah. Well, we're going to talk a little bit about like the history of the MJ World Championships, where we started, where we are now, uh, and all of that. But let's uh, cover some of the basics for this year. Of course, there's the main tournament, the MGAWC. You mentioned the Born Harry. So that's for anybody who's not qualified for the World Championships. Real quickly, for everybody who doesn't know, how are you qualified for the World Championships? So first things first, if you have to be eligible first. So okay. to be eligible to play in the World Championship, to have any chance in hell of playing in the World Championship, you must play at least three events this season. Okay and have five career events. So if you're a rookie, you actually need all five events this season because that's the only way you meet eligibility requirements. If you're a veteran and you've played a bunch of MGA events in the past, as long as you have five career events and three of them coming this year, then you are eligible to play in the world championship. You're not definitely not guaranteed to be in that field, but uh, you can at least play in it if you qualify. Okay, cool. And then once you've qualified as far as uh, required amounts of tournaments, who actually makes it into the world championship field? Uh, don't don't use the word qualify there. No. Sorry. Oh, once God. <laughs> once you're eligible, once yes. You're eligible, then you start to worry about if you're qualified. So the way you can pre-qualify, guarantee that you are playing for the belt, is you could be a chapter leader. Mm-hmm. You're always going to get in because – they're the most important people in the MGA in the world. Probably. Uh, yeah. You could in the world, <laughs> you could be a past world champion within the last five years. It's okay. like a five year exemption to get in the field. Uh, if you win a regular season event in your home chapter, no fucking cherry pick <laughs> chapter two hours down the road uh-huh. in your home chapter. Uh, or if you finish top 10 on your home chapters money list, then you are pre-qualified mm-hmm. And you are playing for the belt. Gotcha. And then the one last way to pre-qualify comes from the Born Harry. So all the, the top 16 finishers from the Born Harry from the previous year graduate up to the big stage. Mm-hmm. And they are guaranteed a spot at the World Championships. There you go. So, uh, so yeah, there's the ways and, to make sure. And then there will be people added on uh, who, who go. So it's not like if you're not pre-qualified, you just shouldn't come, right? You still might have a chance. Exactly. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, you got a, a pretty good chance. So basically, what happens is we take all the pre- a, a kind of good chance, you'd say. Yeah, kind of good. Okay, kind of good. All right, <laughs> kind of all right. All the qualified people go on to Revere, where the world championship will be, um, and and that last year. I forget how many people that was. It was like 150 or something. Let's mm-hmm. say we got 288 spots there. So then we start filling it based on chapter money list position. So all the 11th place people mm-hmm. on the chapter money list get in and are playing for the belt. Then all the 12th place people on their chapter money list get in and are playing for the belt. And it got down to 25th place. Oh, wow. Year. Okay. So, it, yeah, we're, we, we would guess similar this year. Um, Based on how many people, yeah. I would guess simpler, yeah. But there's no guarantees. Basically, you got to sign up to be considered, obviously, to to make it on the course. Um, And, yeah, if if you miss the cut, then you're playing at the Bourne Harry, which is not a bad thing. No. Some people have actually asked to be moved down to the Bourne Harry, which that is not an option. I'm sorry. (laughs) you got to play where you qualify. (laughs) Well, that, but I, that does speak to the the success of the Born Harry, which, by the way, it was only recently added. Uh, in fact, we've only done the Born Harry two times at this point, so it is a very exclusive club. The Born Harry Top Sixteen, the Born Harry Champions. Uh, so yeah, so there you go. So a lot of people will be qualified, will be playing for the belt. But even if you know you're not pre qualified, just sign up and come down. Everyone's going to have a great time. Everyone's going to be able to play some golf. Everyone's going to be able to meet lifelong new friends. Uh, do we know, real quick, before we move into some of the competition stuff, what do we know? What do we have locked in as far as like the hotel, the course, uh, any of the uh, venues that we're using this year? Yeah, we, we've got the courses locked in and the hotel. So okay. World Championship back at Revere, as it has been for, for quite a few years now. Great course. Fantastic course, uh, yeah. I would say decent odds that we are, are not going to mix nines this year. We've always mixed the nines mm. between yes. Stanford and, uh, and Lexington. I'm, I'm thinking about not doing that this year, just playing the courses as they're intended and just adjusting the tees so the slope and rating are, are the same on the two courses. Just for a little little change for all the people who've come, come to the World Championship a, a dozen times, mix things up. It can be confusing, and, uh, I will say, to play the back nine of one course and the front nine of another. Yeah. I know I've oh. personally gotten in the wrong cart before. <laughs> I wasn't going to say it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then uh, da- Downtown Grand, is that where we're going to be uh, staying again this year? Staying at Downtown Grand again, uh, doing the award ceremony there Saturday night. Thursday night party, I would say, is still up in the air. Okay. Sure okay. What what we're going to do there. Um, and then the Born Harry course, we're playing both rounds at Arroyo. Last year, it was at Siena and Arroyo. Mm-hmm. But Siena, there's a personality at that course that <laughs> has to be dealt with when uh-huh. holding a tournament there uh-huh. that was difficult enough to drive us away from it. So oh, wow. All Arroyo this year. Supposedly Arroyo is the nicer course anyway. So all right. That's a win-win. There you go. That's a step that's a step in the right direction as far as I'm concerned. So the competitions that are available, of course the MJWC, the World Championships, where the belt is on the line. The Born Harry, as you mentioned, which is the kind of offshoot tournament that will qualify 16 players for the 2023 World Championship. But of course also there is the Medio Cup, the Chapters Cup 
kind of long and kind of close competitions and the hole in two. So there's a lot to play for, even if you don't think you can contend for the belt. Uh, so the Medio Cup, for people who don't know, is San Francisco versus the world. Uh, Team San Francisco is composed of the, what is it, the top 10 plus the two two captains picks? Two captains picks. Yes. I think uh, I think now would be a good time sure. to do a little refresher course on who the fuck we are and what all this <laughs> sure. the hell we're talking about because we have 14 new chapters. This oh, week. wow. Okay. Yeah, there could be a lot of... A lot of first-time listeners here. I'm John Lucky Kick Morley, El Presidente. You're Straight Willie Dills, and mm-hmm. we are the co-founders. That's true of the MGA. Started in 2006. 2006. I, I, I will always remember the year because for a long time we put since 2006 on basically everything we did. Uh, we still do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the, at the time, the joke was that it was like 2008. Oh, you know what I mean? Yeah, right, right, yeah, right. yeah. And we just had to make sure. But now it's actually it's it's like an unironic <laughs> thing. It's no, it's actually been around for a long time. Uh, yeah, we're exactly. we're old now. Uh, so case, uh, case in point, we were 25 when we started. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jeez, oh my god. Wow. So okay, if John, th- here's my question to you: If someone asks you what the MGA is, and you're giving your elevator pitch, which is, I only have time from this floor to where you get off. Like, what what do you say to them? I'd say, fuck off. <laughs> first, and then I'll tell you. Right answer. Wow. You nailed it, dude. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm similar. But if I am trying to describe it quickly, it's basically, <laughs> it's basically something that started as a fun joke kind of idea between four guys who went out playing golf every weekend. That then became something much more uh, kind of through sheer accident and also through a whole lot of like just hard work and and realizing that there was something here that people wanted. Right. That's kind of where I go with it most of the time. Uh, But yeah, basically started out just running some tournaments. Yeah. That's a good pitch to give someone on the tenth tee after they've cleared the nine H D rule. There you go. I, and, and by that point, they're they're either in or out of the five hundred club too. So we're just going to confuse everybody who's brand new. We're going to introduce a whole lot of concepts and they have no idea what they are. But trust me, if you're in the MGA and you have a brand new chapter right now, you're in the right place. I'm sure of it. Uh, but yeah, so we started out just kind of doing fun tournaments, and then it turned out other people liked that idea. And wanted to get in, get in on the ground floor. Yep. So 2009, got three chapters, and then fast forward a uh, hundred years to whenever now is, and we have eight, 83, I believe. Wow. Um, so the Medio Cup, bringing it all back around, is the original chapter, San Francisco versus the rest of the world, because San Francisco here, of course is the U.S. in this Ryder Cup scenario. Mm-hmm. The rest of the world is Europe. <laughs> and uh, basically, we're going to take the best San Francisco players versus the top 12 or top 10 uh, world players that come to the world championship, and that's based on your global money money ranking. Mm-hmm. And then the, the highest-ranked world player then also gets two captain's picks to fill out the team. And then we play... During round one, we basically play the Ryder Cup, uh, San Francisco versus the world. And currently, the world holds the cup. Oh, 
<laughs> That's right. Uh, I was, by the way, part of the world team last year uh, when we won the cup. But now I'm back on Team SF. Back. I'm back, baby. So this will be uh, this will be interesting. Yeah, I, I don't know how I'll be received this year walking into the MGA mm-hmm. World Championships as a, a I mean the, the biggest flip flopper in the history of the MGA at this point, right? Biggest. Yeah. Yeah. Back and forth. Yeah. Back. Yeah. Back and forth. Being a key member of the SF chapter for many years and then uh, flopping over to the world team. But yeah, so basically it's it's Ryder Cup style. So you your round will still count in the world championships, but you will be playing a match versus one other person or if you're in one of the four balls, uh, a 2v2. So you'll be matched up against somebody if you make it to the vaunted Media Cup. And it, it is a big deal. One of the... This this still trumps, in my opinion, the next thing we're going to talk about, which is, of course, the Chapters Cup. Uh, really? The, yeah, I think in my mind, although I do, okay. I do think. Well, maybe it's well, just me because I'm. You get to play in it. I get to play in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you don't get to play in the Media Cup, though, guess what? There is something for you. Uh, the Chapters Cup is is is, and you're right. It is. There's some people who don't give a crap about the Media Cup. The Chapters Cup, there is a that's probably the loudest cheer that uh, that a, a chapter is going to give at the at the award ceremony. That is basically a chance for your chapter to rise up and say we are the best chapter at the World Championship. So describe what the Chapters Cup is and how you your chapter can be part of it. All right, Chapters Cup is pretty simple. If your chapter brings at least three medios to the World Championship that make it onto Revere at the at the main course, uh, then you're in the Chapters Cup. You add up your top three scores, and that is your score for the Chapters Cup lowest score wins. So if you have more than three medios, like some chapters are going to bring 20 people, mm-hmm. uh, it'll be the best three of those 20 scores get added up. So obviously your odds improve the more uh, the more people you bring. And it's total score over the two days, you know, two-round yeah. tournament. So uh, it's... We don't, you don't cherry pick people's individual rounds. It's it's one player's two round score, and we take the the best three and, and lowest score wins. And once again, San Francisco does not hold the cup. Mm-hmm. It's actually been dominated fairly recently by Texas chapters. Um, although it's it really kind of I, I mean this is the thing it holds true the chapter that brings the most people. <laughs> that's a strong. That's a strong word. You're right. Uh, the chapter that brings the most people, though, tends to do fairly well. So if you want to do well, bring a lot of medios. That's pretty much the that's the formula. Yeah, yeah that's the secret sauce for success in the Chapters Cup. Um, but even if you're a small chapter, you could have somebody, you know, one or two guys have an amazing couple of days. And uh, you never know. You can find yourself ho- hoisting that trophy and taking them to the Chapters Cup. Of course, if you're not uh, able to win those things, but you were the kind of longest or the kind of closest at any point in this season in your chapter, you will be quali- qualified for the world's kind of longest and kind of closest, which basically is done at the end of day one. Uh, everybody will get together on a certain hole for the kind of long, kind of close and have a competition against all those winners from the season. And that's a lot of fun. So if you're... Uh, Somebody who thinks they can hit it real far, that's a chance to flex your muscles. Uh, you got one ball, hit it as hard as you can, and uh, and hope that you're the farthest. And if it's the closest, well, you got one ball again, and you walk up there and you try to knock it close on what's generally been a very tough 
pin to to hit. They just they yeah. they always put it on that uphill, yeah, the uphill blind shot from like one fifty out, and uh, barely anybody even hits the damn green. But it's a lot of fun. So there's there's stuff for everybody. That's it's a great one though because it's coming to the clubhouse so people can drink and watch the competition and uh, drink some more, <laughs> cheer for everyone. So yeah, that's a good time. My my biggest regret at this point is if we don't sell out the born Harry, we're not going to be able to do it at the born Harry, which we haven't mm. been able to in the past, just because we don't, we don't take over the whole course there. So obviously they don't yeah. let us just go out and <laughs> drop a hundred guys in the middle of the fairway when the public is playing. Sure. Hey, let's get more signups, sell out a uh, born Harry. There you go. Then we can do it there too. Hell yeah. Uh, and then, uh, yeah. And like, like I said, and, and like you, you uh, reiterated, it is a great thing and it's something you don't get to do on a golf course very often. Is just have a hundred guys stand around and everyone hit one ball and try to hit closest to a pin or try to hit it as far as you can down a fairway. It's really really cool. Uh, if you ever watch like Golf Channel and they're doing like some competition where they're like, breaking glass with their drives or something, it's like this is the kind of thing that's like as close as you're going to get. Uh, then we also got the hole in two, and the hole in two is generally on the hardest par three on the course, uh, which. Last year was on the what two hundred yard side hill lie par three. Uh, if you get it in two, if you make a meagle there, then you win some pretty good prizes, John. What do they win? Get a hole in two. <laughs> yeah, a hole in one. Obviously, way too hard. We're not asking that. Hole that's, in one. Yeah. Actually, hole in one. You win nothing. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hole in two. You win a top media membership for the next year. Wow. Um, and. It it's always fun to go through the scorecards afterwards and look for those twos and get deeper and deeper into the stack of scorecards. <laughs> Hundreds of people in. Yeah. Like, none? None. Really? Yeah. <laughs> no, I think we had maybe five last year. Okay. Out of wow. 345. Because this competition, this we do this at the Bourne Harry as well. We only do it on one of the two days. You only get one shot mm-hmm. at uh at the hole in two challenge. You don't get to try it each day. And yeah, out of 345 players, I, I think we had five last year. I'm surprised he had five. That hole was playing very well, difficult. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a hole. That, that, that hole is incredibly difficult. I've made, uh, I've made sixes on that hole. I'm, I'm pretty sure more than I've made twos, which is zero times by the way. Uh, all right. So there you go. There's a lot of stuff that you can play for. Uh, but the history of the world championship is very deep at this point. And that's, that's like a really, really cool thing at, at, that as we've kind of gone on, it really has taken on a life of its own, how much the world championship has changed and the introduction of the born Harry. So the very first world championship, by the way, 2009, Oh my God, 2000, holy crap, that's so long ago. 2009 at the Legacy, John, do you remember this? Uh, what, 39 players, 39 players. What, what was your biggest takeaway after the first year? I remember how nice the course was. The Legacy was beautiful back yes, then. Yes, it was. And I've looked into go, going back there. Uh, I think it would be an amazing Warren Harry course, but it's fallen into total disrepair. I oh, no. Um, Basically, yeah, they sold they sold the land, and they wanted to tear the golf course up. But there's some deal with the developer 
that it has to remain a golf course for like another 40 years. Like, <laughs> All right, well, I'll keep it open for 40 years, but then I'm tearing it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any money into it. Oh, no. 40 years. So, uh, so yeah. But no, I, it, it really was. It was beautiful at the time. And then actually, it was, it was just so exciting because it was the first mm-hmm. one. And we had people from three different chapters. And then afterwards, seeing people uh, share photos on Facebook and become friends on Facebook. And uh, yeah, a lot, a lot of good stories from that that first one staying at the Fiesta Henderson. Yeah, and some people uh, accidentally went to the Fiesta Utah because there was another yeah, Fiesta. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cab, cab driver accidentally took them there. So Uber at the we, we, yeah, accidentally exactly. We we learned a lot of things, but I think the biggest thing I would say that we learned is that this works. This is gonna work, and we could do this. Uh, so, we, you know, only, like you said, uh, a small group, but a lot of memories and a lot of friendships were made. Todd Benoit was the very first champion. Uh, and it just, to me, it was like 39 players all coming to Vegas, people from other chapters. The concept worked. Everyone walked away and had a great time. So that to me was like, okay, we got something going here. We learned some lessons. One of them being maybe don't stay in Henderson. So the next year we actually shipped down to closer to the strip in Las Vegas. And we stayed at the Sierra once again at the legacy, 41 Sahara. players, the Sahara. Yes. R. I. P. Yeah. RIP. Yeah. We, we shut that bitch down. Uh, yeah. and, uh, and 41 players. So it's still a similar kind of vibe, very small, very core group of people, but come 2011. Oh, and by the way, John James, congratulations. Come 2011. We still play at the Legacy. We moved to Palace Station. Oh, I, I DQ'd in 2010. I'd like to point that oh, out. Oh, this is actually a big deal. Yeah, John. This is a big, big fucking deal. Finished in last place. Had a putt on 18 for seven or for 79. Could have missed it. Didn't miss it. Definitely could have missed it. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was at least seven, eight feet. Okay. I'm surprised you're not telling that story as it's 20 feet at this point. I mean... Well, it might have been three. I don't know. Okay. But no, I I decided obviously beforehand, you know, I got to I got to set the precedent here and I'm going to try and make this thing, which again had no bearing on whether I would make it or not. And yeah, drained it right in the middle of the cup, DQ'd and I uh, was was happy to do it. It was the score I was supposed to shoot and uh, I have no world championship belt to show for it. But. Yes. But John James does, first to teach and he thanks you. Yep. But the third year, this is where things kind of take off. We have, again, at the Legacy, 81 players come this year. Uh, we moved to the Palace Station, which we stayed at for the next three years. And I think that was probably the year where it was like, okay, not only is this going to work on a small scale, but we could get up to 80 people all playing on one course, all having a good time. And we were still doing one, one round at this point. Uh, but it was like the proof of concept was solid. And we now knew that we could take like, you know, uh, the MGA style tournament and make it very, very large. Right. So 81 players. That's a lot. That's a lot. Uh, and it was a fantastic tournament and went off without a hitch as, as far as I was concerned. I don't know. Maybe there were some hitches on your end, John. But uh, how did you feel about that? That big growth there, that spike uh, in year three. Well, it's, it's been like uh, like the MGA as a whole. I mean, it's it's been a manageable mm-hmm. spike each year. There hasn't been one where it's just been like, holy shit, how are we going to do this? Um, it's, 
Sorry, I'm, I'm going through the stats here. I'm trying to remember when we went to two rounds because that was a big change. Yeah, I think two rounds was – I actually like I had it. I think it was – yeah, maybe when Jason Smith won. Yeah, there you go. But no, it, yeah, it was still de- definitely doable. One, one day, one course seems easy as hell looking back now. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like, holy crap, that's all we had to do? Okay. Uh, but yeah, that was that was a fantastic year. And then now we look over the next one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So by the time 2018 rolls around, we're up to it says 262, but that's that's not right. That's qualified players in the world championship. That's not the total amount of people who came. Um, no. Yeah, 262 is just the the amount of scores that are listed in the world championship. So do you know the actual number of players that were there in 2018? Because at, at, at that point, it had to be nearly 300, right? This is this is the last year before the Born Harry was introduced. Okay. Would Ross Gillespie won? Yeah. We, we still only played the one tournament. Not everybody was qualified, though. That was the thing. There was a time where people were playing in the main tournament that weren't qualified. Do you remember this? Right. Yeah, we used to... The low IQ. low IQ. <laughs> yeah, the last opportunity in qualification. Yeah, exactly. I, I like that. No, it's a uh, – yeah. It got a little too complicated with 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 having to add another tournament. That sort of became the the, uh, the low IQ in a way. Basically now, if, if you make the main course, you're playing for the belt. Yes, but, yes. But you have to – the only way you can guarantee that is to pre-qualify. Mm-hmm. So that uh, that basically though like 2018 kind of brings us into it's like we're 2018 it's, was two two hundred seventy nine people okay so that's it. That's yeah yeah we yeah. can't fit anymore on Revere we, we packed it yeah yeah we basically had gotten to the yeah, point where it was we expand or or stop like or tell people they can't come right which we never want to do that you don't want to tell anybody you know you don't get to come to the best party of the year in Las Vegas playing golf for up to four days if you want to, which I'd highly recommend for anybody who's never done it. Try signing up for the four days because the the first couple days are a lot of fun. Um, So then 2019, add the Born Harry, uh, still at the Golden Nugget, still at the Revere, and now we can get to the 400 number, right? Right. And I I don't think... When I opened registration, I'm not sure if the Born Harry existed. I I don't think it did actually because I remember. Oh, in 2019, yeah, yeah, opening it and saying, "Listen, this is going to sell out, so it's up to you to get your spot. If you really want in, you, you got to get on there. This is when it's going to open. Register early. You know, if if you try it a few days later and there are no spots left, well, that's on you because you knew when it was going to open. So open registration and like four hours later uh revere is sold out and then i go on on face i i announce that i get on facebook and i start getting messages from guys like are you fucking serious yeah like i i waited a couple days and now i can't come first day (laughs) yeah yeah i waited a few hours and now i can't come right yeah if they had waited a couple days i would have been like yes screw you you should you know, mm-hmm. you had your chance, but when it was just a couple hours, it's like, all right, I feel bad. Need to figure out a way to get get everyone out there. So, I think that was when the Born Harry first into existence mm-hmm. and uh, it manifested. Yeah, yeah. It, format for that. And by the way, 
if you haven't figured out by now, the Born Harry is a, a takeoff of the Corn Ferry tour. <laughs> it's our developmental tour. You sure. Can, you know, graduate from that up to the main event. So, uh, by the way, uh, any if any MGAers have joined the LIV tour, uh, what are they qualified <laughs> or are we are we kicking them out? <laughs> uh, Okay, they're qualified, but definitely no official world golf ranking. Points. Gotcha. Okay, gotcha. That's a, that sounds fair. All right, cool. So yeah, Born Harry begins 2019. Like we mentioned earlier in the podcast, top 16 of that qualify for the very next season's MJWC. Uh, and we from should... what's that? Willie, we we need to reach out to the official world golf ranking people mm. and see if there's any way we can give points. On MGA results, I'm talking like point zero 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 point for a win, sort of thing. Yeah, but still we'd be on the list. Yeah, no, I mean I I don't care if I'm at the bottom of that list. I just want to be on that yeah. list, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, I'm gonna make a note of that. Send an email make a note. to the Golf World Rankings. All right, cool. That's uh that's on the checkbook. All right, uh, okay, so. Uh, Born Harry begins 2019. Everyone says it's super, super fun. Some people even say maybe more fun than the world championship. We've had two winners now, Gorin something and Jeff Cool, yeah. uh, both having won the Born Harry. Uh, and they get, you know, the, the same treatment. Uh, they get a big, you know, uh, trophy and they get to have their moment in front of everybody uh, on Saturday evening. Um, but let's real quick before we call it quits on this episode talk about the culture of the world championships go ahead hold on i want to see i want to see where jeff cool ended up obviously he graduated Mm. to uh to the main event in 2021 had to miss 2020 as we all did sure um but let's see where he was able to to finish 74 okay yeah, so going from first in the born, yeah, first of the born Harry to seventy fourth in the main event, but qualified. You know what I mean? Yeah, not bad at all. Uh, so the culture of the World Championships has, I think, changed and stayed the same at the same time, right? Uh, obviously, like we talked about the first year, you know, we had thirty nine players, only three chapters represented, so there was a lot of camaraderie among those 39 people like we all got kind of got to know each other when you get up yeah, to 400 people exactly when you get up to 400 people that can be a little tough right but i think yeah. but i think that even though we are up to the 400 plus people it, it still feels like you get to know a lot of people in a very real way you see these people every single day sometimes you get paired up with them if you play a, a full round with somebody that you've never met before by the end of that round, you become best friends. It just happens. Uh, so I want to just, you know, make sure that everybody understands this is not just a fun golf trip where you're going to go and you're going to play some mediocre golf and have some drinks. You're going to make lifelong friends in cities that you would have probably never gone, right? Like I could go right now to Salt Lake City and go hang out at a barbecue with like 20 people. That would not exist without the MGA. So that, to me, is the culture of the World Championships in a nutshell. You could go to Yellowknife. I could go to Yellowknife, Canada. <laughs> yeah, which, by the way, I'm not that far away from right now. I'm, I'm currently in uh, the San Juan Islands in Washington State. We're, like, really close to Canada right now. But I was telling uh, some people about the Yellowknife chapter, and they were, like, blown away. They were like, that doesn't make any sense. 
and I'm blown away. It doesn't it doesn't make any sense to me either. Uh, for those for those listening, look up Yellowknife Golf on YouTube. There's some good videos about how golf works up there at their one golf course. Yeah, and and Very cool and solid crew comes from Yellowknife. Every super year. solid crew, and not only is like the MGA a big deal to those people. In Yellowknife, it's like a big deal. The, the MGA That's true. is actually like written about in the local paper. Yeah, um, which is super, super special and very cool. Uh, you also get a chance to rep your chapter. Everyone gets like matching polo shirts and stuff. comes out in their golf shirts together. Um, and it's just a blast seeing everybody kind of get their creativity going when it comes to how to represent your chapter. This year, I don't know if you've been paying attention, John, but a few chapters are going – Maybe a little crazy. I don't know. I, I don't know how you feel yeah. about it, but we got one chapter who's giving away a putter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so chapter chapter leaders have gotten into the gotten into giving away gifts uh, to other chapter leaders and other chapter members at the event. Usually, like ball markers, and now of course the one upmanship has started. Yeah, it's a, it's an arms race at this point for sure. Yeah, <laughs> Cleveland MGA is bringing some nice ass custom putter uh, that they're they're going to raffle off, but it's it's definitely the nicest chapter gift that ever will the nicest putter you'll ever three putt with for sure. Um, I mean, it's not going to help my game, but one one last thing I I want to mention mm -hmm. is the MGA WC gift bag mm. because put a lot of effort into that and finding unique products, not just your boring run of the mill. Oh, look, tees and a ball marker in a matchbook cover. It's fucking run of the mill golf tournament bullshit giveaways. These are, I like to think of it as like the, uh, the Coca-Cola products in the nineties where they just put their logo on all sorts of random shit. Mm -hmm. Basically that's what, what we do with the MGA WC logo. And it's special because you can only get it at the world championship and you can only get it if you attend and play in the world championship. You can't buy this stuff. Nope. And I have, uh, have some good stuff in the pipeline this year. So, uh, this, this was one thing when, when everything started costing more this last year and the, the pack, the price of the packages had to go up, you know, I was thinking, Oh, do we cut this or that? And the, the gift bag was sort of on the list. Like, Oh, we could save a little money there. But I said no. I'm like, nope. It's fucking. This is. Uh, these are items that people will treasure. Yes. Year. Yeah, I. I rub it. Uh, friends' faces. I agree. I, the 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 stuff that you can get there. I remember one of my biggest regrets now at this point is giving away. Uh, one year we had the dopest beanies, and Kent. Oh yeah. Kent Williams was very sad that he wasn't there to get one of those beanies and for christmas i gave one to him my one the one i had what a guy i gave it to him and uh to this day i'm like why did i do that that's <laughs> in front of you all the time yeah <laughs> my going away party moving away from austin. austin yeah it's 108 degrees out he's got a beanie on <laughs> Uh, but no, it, it, like, yeah, some of the items in that thing are, yeah, like one of a kind and, uh, and you will treasure them forever. So uh, it, you're right. That, there's a, a lot of things that make up the culture of the world championships. And, uh, that's why it's so special. It's not just any one thing. It's very hard to kind of try to, um, boil it down, right? Because it's just so much that you have to experience it. So for anybody who's never come, I encourage you, please get signed up as soon as you can. Uh, and you see now 200 and something, 200, uh, more than 250 signups in the first day. That's how excited people who have been are 
that they're not going to miss another one, right? So anybody listening to this who's new to the MGA, get signed up right away. MGAWC.com is where you're going to find all the information that you need, and you can put your deposit down. And secure your spot for the 2022 MGA World Championships. That's going to do it for this episode of the MGA Mediocast. My name is Willie Dills. That's John Lucky Kick Morley El Presidente. And we will see you guys in Las Vegas this November for the World Championships. <laughs>